Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. We are back after another... Oh, I just got an alert on the computer about this being recorded. Alert. There we go. Um, yeah, we are back after another Louisville basketball loss. Tonight, the crowd for me felt particularly jarring. Um what did you think about that? Uh, they, they yeah, and I, they, 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 we're obviously going to talk about a lot of Louisville basketball. We're going to talk about probably random things because I don't think we can talk about Louisville basketball for an hour. But I literally just wanted to jump on this side of of the open and just oh. mention the malaise. Let me let me let me really quick kind of set the scene here because uh, you know this is it's it's January eighteenth. Louisville has just uh, lost its eighth consecutive game to Pitt. The first time Pitt has won in the KFC, I'm sorry, you mentioned crowds. Um, they lost 75 to 54. Greg Elliott scoring 23 points. JJ trainer. I saw had a uh, career high. I watched the vast majority of the second half. Um, I can't even, this is where we are, Chris, where I can't even like fight my children and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this Louisville basketball game. And you're just going to sit there and, and be cool with that because I just know yeah. there's no point. But to answer your question, to get to your question on the crowd, and I think it's going to be kind of a common theme. I think everyone's just ready to move on, man. I think everyone's just ready to move. And now you're saying move on from Kenny Payne, just move on from this season. Everyone's ready to, to close the book on this year. Um, you'll see a massive, I mean, massive, I don't know. You'll see, you'll see a heavy, heavy crowd for, um, the Clemson game where they're going to unveil whatever replacement banner. Um, but I, th- I, I, just, I truly, I truly do think you'll see close to a sellout. Maybe I'm a probably just because I, I think, think people, you'll see a really good crowd. It's, it's probably not a crazy thought. Um, you know, I heard there was a solid crowd for UNC. I think UNC drives people. Apparently there were like three to 5,000 UNC fans. Um, mm-hmm. ESPN is telling me there was 11,000 people there, which you would assume There's that's all season ticket holders. So like what, maybe like two, 3000 people showed up. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, pit, you know, it's, it's, I can't say it's pitiful because I don't blame anybody. I'm not going to the games either. I had tickets and I gave them to someone else. I, right. It's, it, I can't blame any, but I think I'm at the point where just like, I've got no, uh, no angst towards anyone. Um, I don't want to see people tell like, Oh, we need to get like better environments for these games. I don't think anyone's doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like support the team. I, I think we're well past that. We're well past that at two and seventeen. It does kind of kind of jump me off to a totally different point, actually. But it does kind of show you how college basketball doesn't really have much of a nationwide interest if your team sucks. Like you still watch college yeah. football if your team sucks all the time. And you still know what's going on. But you talked about in the beginning, like your Kim Pom subscription was was about on the verge of expiring. You didn't even <laughs> notice it. And you and honestly, it kind of is it, it kind of sees everything else. Like you you find yourself watching a lot less college basketball. And it's just mm-hmm. funny that your college football team can be ass and you're still gonna watch like Alabama and West Virginia or Alabama and Auburn, or you're, you're going to watch all those big games or I'll even and, go to the games. I mean, I went to several games, even though I had so little faith in the team and in the middle of that lo- losing streak. And when they go and play uh, a Wake Forest team, they probably should have lost to. Uh, and I make a day out of it. It's just like, it's easier to do. Mm-hmm. There's something inherently, um, uh, an, an inherent larger hill to climb when it's like, I'm not going to go leave work at five o'clock, come home for maybe 
20 minutes and then go down to the yum center and subject myself to this in December the 18th. Like it's, you have to be it's driven to do that. They have sure. to be driven to do it. There has to be a reason. And yes, Louisville fans are easier to drive over that hump than other fan bases. Um, but everyone has their limits. Everyone has their, uh, their lines drawn in the sand. And I think we've, well past that line for the vast majority of Louisville, at least Louisville season ticket holders um, Mm -hmm. for this season. Um, And I don't, I don't think it's going to get any better. I don't know. Like Louisville, I mean, like looking, looking at Louisville schedule, um, like I said, you know, that no one's going to show up, you know, what they have at home against Georgia tech on, on February the 1st, like no one's showing up to that game. People show up to Virginia. People show up for the Clemson game. Maybe Virginia tech. I mean, how many of what that's, that's there's four home, five home games left. And um, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's unfortunate that the, you know, COVID was directly followed by the basketball team reaching unprecedented low levels um mm-hmm. for for some of the businesses downtown because that's a real thing that really sucks oh yeah but but yeah um we're gonna talk some more about this team i guess let's let's talk some more about this <laughs> team this is gonna be a, 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 a um not you know if you're looking for a red bull of energy from this podcast i don't know if you're gonna get it but yeah. uh, let's hit the intro and then talk about it more on the other side Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. All right, Chris. We're back. I, I just want to know, just, you know, we, we last spoke where we were all into Brom mania. Um, we talked a little bit about where the basketball team was. I think they maybe had just won a game. Am I crazy in that? I don't know. But it could have been, it could have been after Western. Where, where, yeah, I think it might have been after Western. Yeah, Western, you're right. Where, where are you with this team? Let's just set, let's set it up at the top. You talked about, we talked about fans in the cold open, but what, where are you with your thoughts on this program now? what you want to see for the next, um, you know, the next few weeks up until, you know, we're just under, you know, a month and a half until we're, we're basically done with this. It looks like, um, and what, what comes next for Kenny Payne for you? Um, I definitely think that we've reached probably just over the last week or so. We've definitely reached the stage of general apathy within the fan base. Because you talked about tonight, excuse me, I have to burp from drinking beer because <laughs> the only way to watch this team is drinking. Um, but, you know, you mentioned it tonight. We were texting back and forth about how you didn't really feel like anybody was watching this game. And I, I you know, I kind of felt the same. I, I don't really think that anybody cares. But I'm like to this point to where there's just this blanket kind of lazy analysis. I, I don't even want to say it's lazy because, I mean, I, I think it's correct, everyone's looking for something. Yeah. Where it's just like, <laughs> Fire Kenny Payne. Okay. But, but yeah, sure. But that's not going to happen in year one. It's just, no. it, it's not going to happen. I mean, I, I went on the spaces and go on the spaces with him, but I had a conversation with Jeff Goodman on his spaces, just about how bad it would have to get for Louisville to hire or to fire Kenny Payne in year one. And his response was essentially that it's just not possible. It's not going to happen. You you go around and you look look up college basketball coaches that have been fired in year one, and you're not going to see a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of answers, especially now, and yeah. not former alums, and not some 
facing some of the 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 different aspects surrounding the university that pertain to the hiring of Kenny Payne. So I don't really know how to excel the conversation. And I don't think anybody else does at this point. It's just a lot of anger and looking for something to grasp onto. I mean, tonight Louisville tried a lot of different things. They pressed, they zoned, they hedged hard on ball screens. They did a lot of things and nothing seemed to work. And that's kind of been the same story on the X and O side throughout, throughout that we've seen. Um, I've talked about, you know, people always bring up what offense are they running? What type of offense are they running? I don't see any sets. And that's because it's not really the offense they want to run. Is it really sets? I mean, it's a pro style offense. It's a dribble creation offense where players make individual plays and you dribble and you draw a lot of people and you kind of work off ball movement and ball creation. And Louisville doesn't have the players to do that. And I've talked about how my problem with Kenny Payne, aside from obviously these results and what's going on in the basketball court, is not having the foresight to recognize that, hey, I need to change my system for these players because I need to grab some wins. Could have done that earlier in the season. Could have had, you know, maybe three or four wins because regardless what you tell me, you're not going to sell me that Appalachian state, that Bellarmine, that these teams that Louisville lost to early in the season have more talent than just, you're not going to say that Pitt, good basketball team having a good season. They built some transfers. It kind of feels like your boy finally has something positive going. Still, yeah. not really sell that they have a lot more talent than Louisville. Louisville right. shouldn't be losing the 17 points by then. So I'm caught in this place where it's like, okay, the product is bad, but the mentality of Kenny Payne is what I'm generally starting to question away yeah. from the basketball court. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, no I, 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 I think that's completely fair, and I think that's what you know. You're starting to see for fans. You know, where, you know, we, you were just listening to Kenny Payne chat you know you had it on speaker and i was kind of listening in and you know a lot of people are even you know it's it's 9 41 and people are seemingly talking about this um situation with uh, a player i'll read the quote that eric crawford tweeted Payne said there was a he was yelling at a louisville player to get on defense quote get there get there get there the player was late a pit player hit a three and then turned to Payne and said he didn't get their coach he mm-hmm. and then you know the text that was yeah. sent that he got punked and he told everyone about it, and he apparently told that story twice. He said, "Right, Chris, I only heard it the second time." Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, there is part. Well, he, said, he said something. He said something earlier this week about wanting his players to talk trash, and L, it was a weird comment. And LLS was like, "What am I going to say? They're just going <laughs> to tell me our record." Like, and I go ahead with your saying, but I, I'll come back to that in just a second. No, but there's just like some weird stuff. And that goes hand in hand with the smiling when giving handshakes or hugs after getting punked by 30 points. Like I think fans, I do think there is, it's by no means all of it. It's by no means 66% of it, but I think it's close to half of it by fans is like, you're looking for anything to get mad about. You're looking for mm-hmm. something to grab onto and and get you fired up in regards to this team and and being upset. We did it with Satterfield over. I did it with Satterfield over and over again. So I think people are definitely looking for pain stuff to to get fired up about. But he's such like he's he, he's such a not level headed. I'm trying to think of a, a non offensive way to say this. I don't mean offensive, but just like not like insulting. Like like he's such like a 
an anodyne. Like it's just like a very normal, like a level, like yeah. flatline type yeah. person that it's hard to find those huge variations in attitude. There's He's not there, getting fired. There's up. not a, there's, there's not a mood change with Kenny. There's not it a is. mood swing to, for, for yeah. someone to, to overanalyze. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're overanalyzing these very small things that he's saying here and there. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is a bit of ridiculous. Yeah. He got punked and he told everyone about it. He's like, Oh, this is what I want my players to do. Well, what, well, what are you doing to get your players in a situation to do? It's that? like, but the thing is like a thousand people will tweet that and they'll be so upset. But if you look at it in perspective, if Lobo has five more wins, nobody gives a shit about that. No, it's no, like, no, it's like Lobo's, it's like Lobo's 500 and they're, and they're playing well. So it all kind of comes back to winning games. Like it, exactly. Regardless of what anyone says, they don't really care about that. What I am struggling with really is again, if you want to make the case for hiring for firing Kenny Payne, I really don't give a shit. You can. I mean, I, I've already done the whole tweet where I say that I don't think it's going to work here. And I believe that I, mm-hmm. I I'm probably not going to get off that. I don't think it's realistic firing at this point, but whatever, but what I'm really struggling with, as I said, this, I said this like two months ago and I, when I, when it kind of came out of my mouth, I kind of doubt it, whether it was true or not. And I, I think some people came to me and they were like, you know, I think that's kind of silly too, but we've had two coaches that have basically said that they don't know how to get to these players. And Mm-hmm. You look at the mentality of these players. I mean, they're completely mentally fragile. It's obvious to anyone. Yeah. The coach will tell you that a, a, a basket, they get dunked on and immediately swap their head. They, I mean, they don't know how to win games, honestly. Like it, yeah. it, once they get yeah. close, I, I, I kind of talked about it before when you get in close games, they, they make silly plays and they don't really have the confidence e- to make that big play. Even, to even tonight, the game. E- yeah. even tonight, they hung around against Pitt. They were down by seven, eight, nine, several times striking distance. They couldn't make the winning plays to turn it into a three point game, a five point game to put real game pressure. on. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And the problem with that is I don't know how much you put on the foot of the coach there. When you've had multiple coaches say the same thing, Mm -hmm. there is obviously an issue with the players. I mean, it feels kind of silly to say it, but there are parts of the game that I've seen improvements. I've seen improvements with JJ trainer. I've seen improvements with Mike James. I yeah. haven't seen improvements with Cindy, Cindy Curry. He's kind of the same player. I haven't seen improvements with L Ellis. He's kind of the same player. They have the same issues with turnovers. They've had it all season, but they're all at, time, yeah. at, at times, two, three minute spurts, not so much in the last two games, but the Syracuse game, a few other games here and there, there have been improvements, but they're not anything you want to ride home about. It's just, you got to wonder, these players stink. I mean, they do. <laughs> they're, they're not good. And I think some of them have some individual talent, but as a whole, in totality, they're not a good unit of players. And you're just not going to win games with them. Right. So, But then it's chicken and the egg then, Chris, right? Because then you go back and you say, Kenny Payne takes this job in April. Why why isn't he building the roster in May, June, July, knowing that those inefficiencies were there? Why couldn't he identify those those gaps in the process? Yeah. That's is it not to not to like discredit what you're saying because I I agree with you, but it's just I I it's so that's like I think that's the that's that's the million dollar issue for Louisville in the next 18 months. Right. Um, is, you know, I, I, to, to echo what you're saying, 
I would be floored if Kenny Payne is fired. It just like, or like if Kenny Payne is not here next season, like I just like that would just be absolutely. I'm not saying I don't, but that's not what I want. Or I don't know. My point is the powers that be, and I'm saying this with a little bit of umph. They're not. They're not going to pull the trigger on that. It's yeah. they're from everything that you and I know and understand, both you know situationally and the very little inside knowledge that you and I get. Um, it's not going to happen. Kenny Payne is going to get an opportunity to remake this roster. I, I I kind of was, I was texting a friend and I, and he's like, we got to get rid of this guy. And I'm like, Hey, that's not going to happen. And then B he's going to get a chance to remake this, this roster and he's going to have to prove it in this next season is so we are going to get that question answered. The problem is it's just not, I'm sorry, it's not going to get answered against, uh, against Pitt on, on January the 18th. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, and that's annoying. It's not going to get answered against Virginia or against Clemson or against Florida state or against any of the, at at Duke. It's not, these answers are not coming and we're going to have to suffer through another six weeks of basketball, knowing that those answers aren't coming and they're probably not going to be here till this time, 2024. And And, and people, (laughs) People want to say these things about like, there's not any more damage that can be done at this point. I can put at this point, like there's truly not. The only thing that you can do by firing Kenny Payne in year one is to make the job more unattractive to potential candidates. That's all you can really do. And we may look back in hindsight and say, we shouldn't have had to go through another year with that. And, and all these things, but at the end of the end of the day, who is the coaching pool that they're going to get? Like, who do you want to hire that Louisville's going to be? That's a that's a hire they can get right now. Because if the first guy says no to you and someone gets wind of that, it gets out in the media, and then the job is immediately toxic. You, you want to be – with- Go ahead, go ahead. Look at what happened with Tennessee football. They lucked, they lucked into Josh Heupel, and it worked. But that job and that situation became immediately toxic. Toxic. Because the first guy said no. And there we go. And that could you're looking at a situation like that where that could happen to Louisville if they immediately fired Kenny Payne in year one. So we, we always yeah, we always hear these fans like not want to be this program. Like that's just the way that you get to whatever program you were worried about Louisville becoming. People say IU, mm-hmm. people say bunch of different programs like it, firing a coach like it, this is not the NFL. This is not the NFL. You can't you cannot fire a coach. It, it just it has far more impact um, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, 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 I sympathize and I, I, I think about it, but it's just, it's just not the way that it works. And I, I don't, uh, obviously don't see it happening as we've been discussing here. I, you mentioned one thing a few times. I don't, and uh, to switch gears a little bit, we can come back. I know it's kind of a free flowing conversation here. I got into a little bit of a tete-a-tete with someone on social media who I, you know, I will say it was, that's all guys. And and they do their thing and, you know, I respect it and, and, and they're in a, they're a, a part of the community and I don't, I'm not trying to whatever my point, my, I'm trying to be kind here. Um, and I, I, I was frustrated and I talked about the fact that, you know, a lot of people, not just them, several folks in, in media and not were really pleased. I don't even remember what game it was with the improvement. Was it Syracuse? Was it after Syracuse? Uh, I think it was. It was probably Syracuse. 
with the improvement that the individual players were making at, I think in the second half, there was some level of in-game adjustment. People felt, I, I probably would agree, but my point was that, and it kind of harkens to what you said, where it's just like, it doesn't matter at this point that it's not Louisville basketball anymore. And that like worrying about these individual, Oh, is L Ellis look like 20% more of a better of a point guard than he did three weeks ago? Like, does that fucking matter? Like mm-hmm. where, where do you stand? I kind of just like laid out where I am angrily. And I don't where do you like, I, I can understand where people want to find things to latch onto so they can swallow this terrible pill. That is the 2023 Louisville basketball season. Completely understand that. But I think we've just, we've passed the point of no return where I don't want to see more than four of these guys max on this team next season. I sure. just don't, I, I just don't. I think it, I think the, the the data points that you should use um, is what happened in the first transfer window and the recruiting cycle and the misses that were there. Mm-hmm. What happens with the big man? Because that is the calling card for Kenny Payne's throughout his career. That is mm-hmm. his specialty. Um, it's like looking at if Cliff Kingsbury was to start coaching again, you're going to look at the offense and and what they're doing out of the game. That is something that I would constantly be analyzing that I would not stop analyzing. I think JJ trainer has gotten better. I think Sidney Curry has not gotten better. And I think Brandon Huntley Hatfield has been underwhelming. So one of two in that, that respect. Um, so to answer your question, I, I think you should always be always kind of using some of the data points, but I mean, I don't feel the need to incessantly, go on Twitter and look for all these bright sprouts to talk about. I I think people are are doing that because they feel some obligation to the program to, to put some positivity back into it. Yeah. But I think that, I think people kind of forget that these players, the foundation isn't going to be built on these players. It can't be because they have already shown you that, you know, for whatever reason we've talked about, how or Kenny's talked about it, how they felt like they had, you know, a cloud over them and he's had to kind of coach that out of them. And I think Chris Mack struggled with that a lot. Um, And we've talked about, you know, previous podcasts back in the years about how they never really play with any type of edge. I think the last player that played with any type of edge that I can remember even slightly is, is Jordan Wara. Carly mm-hmm. Jones, um, maybe to, to some extent like that, but none of these guys really on this team have any, uh, not consistently. Uh, I, I think Curry has some moments edge. last season, but not, yeah. not, not more than a three or four games. So, game. yeah, I don't think you can, you can build the foundation off of the these players. So I don't feel really any need to cater to them with positivity and to make them feel better about themselves. I hate it for them. It sucks. They've been dealt a pretty rotten car, but I'm, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's life. They can probably all transfer somewhere. And I think L. Ellis, Jalen Withers, Sidney Curry, I think they could all be contributors on teams, but they're not going to work in totality. Who do you who do you want to see on this of, of the existing players? Who who would you keep on this roster for next season? Um Payne, number one. Zan Payne, <laughs> like in <laughs> who would I keep on this roster for next season? Um Kamari Lands and JJ Trainer. That's it. Not even Mike James? And Mike James. Yeah. Mike okay. James as well. I would keep Mike James. Yeah. That's it. Um, I think you're going to, if this is the way that Kenny wants to play and you want to, I, I, I do kind of get annoyed to where people are like, there is no offense and that's fine. I can understand if you say that, but 
I, I, I get what they're trying to do sometimes. I just, there's nowhere near the talent level to do that. I, I, I that's, that's where I'm at. I, I just, I just, and I don't, and, I don't want to, I don't even want to, I, I don't feel the need to go into an X and O because nobody cares. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying like, there are things that they're trying. Like they, when they do like the post-ups with Sidney Curry, they try to invert him and put them on the opposite side of the ball. So he gets clear one look. He can go to his left and he can go to his right and he can go right up to the basket and shoot. That's like an NBA thing. There are little tweaks and things that they do. They just don't have the skill players to do it. So they should yeah. dumb it down and do something basic, but that's been the whole push and pull all season. So whatever, but it's what I say that to say that you're going to need guys in the future that can create their own shot. And exactly. Mike James is definitely one of those guys. So yeah, for sure. I think JJ trainers kind of finally came into a role of being like, I'm a disruptor. I'm going to jump around. I'm going to block. I'm going yeah. to score from different points on the floor. And I'm, I'm going to do these things and affect the game. And I, I really do like his energy, even if the talent isn't there. I, I think he's, I think he, some of these flashes have been great. And, and, you know, you were on the JJ train, obviously, super early, and I think you're seeing what some of the some folks who saw what we saw kind of limited in his freshman year, you know, definitely getting the opportunity to show that. So I, I liked, I, I, I liked seeing him get his, um, you know, 14 points on six of six of nine from the field, um, six rebounds, which is nice. Um, you know, so doing what he can. Um, in, in somebody minutes. asked me, um. I'll, I'll pop these questions in and out. Yeah, pop these questions. I, I have a few. I, I, I think it's. I think it's like the best way to 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 incorporate them as we can talk about different stuff and just kind of pop them in and yeah. out. Somebody asked, "What do I think Chris Mack thinks of all of this? What do you think Chris Mack thinks of all of this?" I think Chris Mack think is feels, much. I don't think. think I don't feels, think. You think he feels vindicated, or you think he doesn't care? I don't. I think it's closer to doesn't care than vindicated. Yeah. I think he's uh, he's much more wrapped up in the Bengals playoff run than he is a little basketball stand. If I have to be hundred percent honest, you he did that. Um, you you listened to him talk on um, Field of sixty eight. He's good at what that. Was, what was that like? I'm honestly surprised uh, he's, he's not done more things like that. But I guess he's getting paid to do nothing, so it doesn't matter. He, he's he's good in that role. Um, I just feel like maybe there's like this weird like hipster side of Chris Mack to where he just doesn't give a shit about basketball anymore and wants a coach and maybe just wants to be like, he wants to be a dad and just wants to be a dad and like do these things. But he talked about, um, the really baller from, uh, Alabama, Brandon Miller. Yeah. And how he visited Louisville. Um, and you know, going through the normal process of the, of the visit, Chris Mack meet team. I think it was the first little lab they had because he was the sophomore Brandon Miller mm-hmm. was. So mm-hmm. obviously they were recruiting him early. Um, they bring him into the practice facility. He sees Adidas logos all everywhere. And he says, Oh, this is Adidas school. And that, that convinced, that was the ending of his visit. And it was he just a really funny story. Was like, Deuces. Well, no, Chris Mack was like, <laughs> to, to Max credit, I guess was like, we should probably just go ahead and end this visit. <laughs> and like pretty much escorted him out, which is which is funny to me. So yeah, watch the watch the late night. You'll get a few of those to where it's it's nice seeing um it's nice seeing him kind of be open about those things because there's always those fun little quirks there. I would listen to like a I would listen to a, not a podcast. 
I listen to like story times. I don't, I don't know if I could do more than like 15 minutes of Chris Mack content at a time. Like, Oh, Chris Mm -hmm. Mack, tell us this story about this thing of like your time. And it's like a seven minute, maybe it's even animated. Like some of those like fun, like NBA type. (laughs) Like I can just like see like the, the pithy style. It would be funny, but someone else said, uh, the Jerome Tang question, answer the Jerome Tang question. Cause I think that's a good one. I don't have a great answer for you, man. I mean, someone Jerome asked, Tang, what is Jerome Tang doing differently in his first year I, um, at Kansas so, State, if you're unaware? Kansas State, they just beat Kansas Correct. Um, in Manhattan last night. I think that Kansas had won 13 of the last 15 games. You talk about domination or rivalry. Um, I, I think Kansas State hadn't won against them for eight years, home or away. And keep in mind, they play them twice every year, yeah. most years. Yeah. Um, they have built their identity on transfers. They have built their identity on a very balanced team. In fact, if you look at Kim Palm, they are 36 in offense and 36 in defense. So kudos to them. Um, they have... I'm, I'm pulling up their Kim Palm numbers. Finally, it, it, it's nice to actually... Some of my opinions that I already had about them are kind of being vindicated at the moment, which is great. Uh, they have been like a little lucky just they for whatever reason. And their luck rating on Kim Palm is 16. Like, yeah, like they, they're really good. They shoot a lot of jump shots and, you know, they've had a lot of them go in. So it's good for them. But to answer your question, they have built their identity on transfers. They had a complete yeah. roster overhaul. I think their average youth experience there is less than a year, which is crazy for a power five school. Yeah. Um, and it's just about getting guys to play with an edge, man. I mean, Louisville doesn't have those guys. And you watch, you watch, um, the kid last night, Sills, who I think he had 15 or 17 points off the bench. Mm -hmm. And this feels kind of cheesy, but Jeff Goodman posted a picture this morning of him in the gym shooting again after dropping like 17 points off the bench. And he was in the gym this morning, 6am in the gym. And, that's what it takes. It doesn't feel like Louisville has those guys. That, that's what Carly, um, Carly Jones would do. You know, that's what it like. Just, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like Louisville has guys that love basketball. I hate to say it, but you're the you're the I third person L- to text me that tonight or to tell me that. Tonight. I think I think L. Ellis loves basketball. I think Jalen Withers used to love basketball. I don't know if he still does mm-hmm. because he's had a um, pretty chaotic career. At Louisville, I feel it's like it's understandable. Out of, out of it's understandable what's that. I, you and know. that's, you know, I shit on all the players and, and say all these things, but everything that I say, I don't hold it against them. Right. Like they've yeah. had, they've had a fucked up ride, dude. They've had a really, yeah. and it, it, at some, some ways, you just have to have a clean slate. And that's why I have to stop myself a little bit on just going dive head first into being like Kenny Payne is the worst coach in power five. And there's this, this situation is never going to be fixed. And maybe that's the case. And a lot of times I feel the same way that there's no way this situation can be fixed when you look at an empty young center. But at the same time, I look at this team and I'm like, man, the mentality and the mental makeup of this team yeah. is just, it's ugly. Like it's ugly. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I know you haven't really been into like college basketball as much this year. I, I, I watched that why. Kansas. I watched that Kansas Kansas State mm-hmm. game. I, I've always enjoyed. I've always just enjoyed look Kansas at State. look at look at how those guys play. 
the body language, not even the basketball making just shots. The tenacity. Any of that just the tenacity of it's it. It's totally different. Louisville hasn't had that in three years, more. Just hasn't had you it. You gotta wonder, like, yeah. What yeah. can a coach do? What can, what can they do? There are, again, go back and listen to the previous two podcasts if you want to hear me yell and scream about Kenny Payne because there are plenty <laughs> of things to do that. And you know, we both have. We've both done that. Uh-huh. But, I mean, tonight, shit, it was lifeless. I mean, I wrote down, let's see, I wrote down the two times that Louisville got it under – because it kind of stayed at nine throughout most of the game. In the first 10 minutes, they got right. under nine twice. Um, so the first sequence was at the 15-minute mark. Actually, that's what I'm talking about, the, the first sequence. They, they got it under nine and cut it to six. Um, mm-hmm. L. Ellis over-dribbled. It was a live ball turnover. And then Pitt threw it out of bounds, but it was tipped off J.J. Trainer's foot. And, and I think Pitt kind of they, they had a bad possession, and then Louisville got the ball back. Um, LLS took a contested fadeaway shot over a seven footer, obviously didn't go in. Um, and then they got the ball back again with another chance to cut it below six and Mike James dribbled it off his foot off a bounce. And if I had a dollar every time they have dribbled it off their foot, I I was going to say, how many times has that happened? Like, like even we had the play with, uh, with Sidney Curry, like not paying attention and like the Mm -hmm. ball bounce off him and straight to the pit guy. Like that was a classic. Like how many times is that going to happen? this season for just gen I, I don't know man just like generally it's crazy to me it's um it, I feel like I'm talking a lot what do you have to get off your chest I, I don't know where it is a little basketball for me I, I I'm gonna be there we are chatting you know we're gonna be there for sure um for the 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 10 year for the 2013 team like no question would miss that um I'm just like I said, I'm just I, I'm ready to close the chapter on this season. I, I don't know what's left to prove or not prove. You know, like even if like Louisville plays, um, you know, looking at their schedule, you know, they get a few ranked teams like what does a ranked win prove for this Louisville basketball team? What is it? It just doesn't tell you any. It's just like it's it it says way more about the other team than it does Louisville. It's it's not like it's it's like a participation medal. It just does not matter to me. Um, there's there's nothing that can be done on the court that can hype up this fan base. You think? No. Like there there's but, not they could win three the, the next win three against games Clemson. Win against Clemson with the crowd there. Win against that's the, the thing. If there's one thing this fan base can do is win against Clemson. I legit don't, like I'm not like I I wouldn't say this but I'm going to say like don't don't win don't don't win the the ACC tournament. <laughs> don't don't like I, I, like I, like I don't I don't want to I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't, get I don't, I don't it, think you, I don't think you have to worry about that. But I will say, <laughs> after Patrick Ewing and Georgetown won the Big East tournament like two years ago, I think that team had seven wins. I wouldn't put anything past anyone in college basketball anymore after that happened. Yeah, but I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah. I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> I mean, the there are more head head pats from uh, let's see, from Jeff Capel. L- let me say, um, let me, I don't mean to. Completely that's start, that's start, that's starting to get on my nerves. I forgot to ask you this in the middle of our discussion about basketball, and I hate this. I may even like move this up 
if this is like random, I think I'm going to move this conversation up in the podcast because I meant I meant to ask you. I lost it. I just got it back. What do you make? I'm Chris is we've not been talking about basketball for 30 minutes now. So Chris is coming back up to this. It's really odd to me that we keep having this discussion, not even this discussion. Kenny brought up today that several people mentioned that they were going to beat Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um Whenever there's uh, like uh, Jay uh, Jay Wright when he did the the Kentucky game, immensely praising of Kenny Payne. I wanted to that's every yeah. opportunity, every opportunity college basketball coaches have had to praise Kenny Payne publicly. They have, and I'm not just talking about John Cal. Every every people who don't dude, have every, don't have connections to him. Every game. There is a five to six minute monologue about Kenny Payne and the great job he's doing at the University of Louisville. It's wow. It's so wild. It almost feels like when Louisville hired Scott Satterfield and there was like universal praise from all the beat writers around. It's very strange, but it's, it's from very, coaches. Very it's a coach's thing, yeah. right? Like, am I not crazy in seeing yeah. that? And I just wanted to see what you made of it. I'm glad you identified it as well. I'm going to make sure this is earlier in the podcast because this is weird to be out of place. But anyway, it, it's it, it it really has taken me off guard in a few situations. The the UK game especially. Just like I was like, is this a Josh Hurd like pat on the back thing? But then it's just it's every time. It's every time. They're yeah, trying it, to hype him up. It, it feels contrived for it sure. That man, because it t- tonight Louisville was down 16, 17 points. And there was again, there was a three to four minute solo- soliloquy about man, this team continues to fight. Kenny Payne is doing something special here. This team is going to upset someone every time they get it in. This yeah. team's going to beat someone. This team's getting better. It's so fucking bad. weird. It's fucking weird. It's very weird. I don't understand it at all. What do you make it? Like, I, what is like, is it, is it like a basketball brotherhood type thing? I was like, we got to lift I, there's our guy that, up. Is it, there's, is, that, there's that, but it's, and the coach's stuff is one, but it's coming from ESPN. Yes. Like, yes. it's not like Louisville just hired who's, um, it's not like Louisville just hired Seth Greenberg. Yeah. Who, had been, who has been working in ESPN studios for years, who has all these personal connections with these guys. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, Kenny is a very beloved person. I mean, in, in general, like it, when Kenny talks, like he can really get rolling and be like, this guy is awesome. He was telling stories before the Louisville Kentucky game, and I really enjoyed that press conference. It was great. He's a great guy. Um, so he's very likable and stuff like that. But to your point, it's 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 odd. It should be talked about a little bit more because I'm going to make a I'm note of it. I'm going to make a note of it. Lola doesn't play a game for a week. Maybe I'll um, see how many times we get a a segment mentioning going out of their way to mention how how hard Louisville basketball is playing tonight. We got this from um, Jeff Capel. Let me pull it up real quick. I I literally just saw it, so I'll I'll um, I just sent it. There it is. Jeff Capel said he told Kenny Payne and Nolan Smith to, quote, stay positive and fight. He says it's hard to take over jobs like this, especially one that was this broken. These young men went through a lot last year, a lot. The broken narrative, man, is about to drive me fucking crazy. I said it early, early in the podcast where 
these players have been through a lot. And yes, mm-hmm. they have. But two years ago, they had the number one team ranked in the country. Yeah. Two years ago, they beat Michigan at home. Or what was it? Maybe it was three. Either three. way. Three in, the, in, the, yeah. in the last three, like, calm down. It's not Georgetown who's lost 18 consecutive conference games. It's not that. Like, so just, just slow down on all of that. Broken. <laughs> Brandon Huntley Hatfield came from Tennessee. Mike James didn't play last year. L. Ellis was a transfer from a junior college who's only been here for one year, going on to. I don't know about broken. Yeah. Yes, they've went through some coaches, then they went through some shit, but broken. Nah, man. I mean, if these guys are broken, they're not going to last anywhere in a professional league. Like, I mean, I don't know. That, that that annoys me a little bit. We might we might have a breakthrough in bring Brom home guys identity. Breaking news. What's what's the latest? <laughs> he just tweeted out this big thing about Dano's seasoning. Yes. He's, he's Eric, been tweeting and, about him. And Eric yeah. Wood responded. And we also have tweets. From two days ago, where he tweeted from Fern Creek. Correct. Right? Yes, we do know. We do We do have a Fern Creek location tag on Bring Brown Home. This is definitely starting to feel like a booster. Or someone close oh, it's definitely to the a booster. program. I, I will say, let me say, I... I on the, I had to stop talking about basketball for a second, but please, I think we're going to talk about football just a little bit and, and then okay. other ridiculousness. Okay. But, um, no, we, I, I reached out to him in the, in the kind of Brom hubbub, asked him if he wanted to come on a, a pod or a, uh, a spaces. He wanted no part of it. He said his voice was identifiable or he was worried that his voice was identifiable. I, I pitched it to you because I was like, is this a younger person? Uh, potentially a, 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 a child. Mean, you, can, of, you can, you can, you can say who you thought it was. I thought it was Brahms kid for a half second. There was like 15 minutes where I'm like, is this Brahms kid? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been incredible if it was Brahms son? <laughs> it really would have been amazing, but I don't think it is. But he, but this person has talked about drinking alcohol a lot and hopefully, and I, you know, that, I'm, I assume that's not a, a, a 16 or 17 year old kid or whatever, or yeah, whatever. However old he is. I don't know. Anyway. Um, it almost has to be someone that's unemployed that does it, that has a lot of money, obviously. Looking through some like recent tweets, um, there's a, there's a Star Trek deep space nine, um, um, drop mention and a, a tweet for four hours ago, a lot of Danos. I, I would not be surprised if the Danos money came in. <laughs> also a Salsarita's tweet. I'm going um, through the likes. I don't see anything. Slam and Granny, the Granville Pub shirt. That's actually kind of fire. Yeah. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I would wear that like an old sweater. Um, he he liked a tweet that said, I'm drunk as fucking Gordon Bursch, ready to walk to the game. Go cards. So that was tonight. Um, what is Gordon Gordon Bursch? Is it a restaurant? Gordon Bursch is in. I've, I've never Bursch heard of that in my life. life. It's That's- terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> It's like, like the, the the first two responses are asking if that place is still open. Like like Gordon Biersch is let's like w- like can we take the parts of a 
brewery that no one likes and then build a Applebee's out of that. <laughs> Very nice. Like, I don't understand what these beers are supposed to taste like or what's good because nothing's good. Um, I remember they had a decent <laughs> Martin, if I recall correctly. Um yeah. You know, I, I had a few times it, 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 when I when I worked right in Forshee Live um, in an office building. Right, there. Where's it at? On it's in Forshee Live. It's like on okay. the corner, like on the north corner of Forshee Live. We're right next to where the Foot Locker is. So we have or was if there's a Foot Locker there anymore. Goodness. Yeah, probably. yeah that, that that's not there anymore. We have Star <laughs> Trek. We have Star Trek, we have Dano Seasoning, we have Fern Creek. Anything else? There's a lot of Danos, dude. There's a and lot da- of the Danos. Danos I, I think I, I think the Danos money came in. I think someone offered him Danos money, yeah. which is understandable. He's got no. He's only got fourteen hundred followers. I don't know if that's a lot. I don't. I don't think that's good. that's going to move the needle for Danos. I'll do respect to Danos. There's a lot of Danos. Like, there's like ten tweets in a row that are Danos likes. I mean, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. While we're talking huh. about while we're talking about football, the momentum is the momentum is still rolling, Chris. Right? Like the 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 Brown momentum mm-hmm. is still going. I, I, let me say that for all of the negativity that I have about Louisville basketball, I have a renewed passion for Louisville football that I have not had. Since the Lamar Jackson years, mm-hmm. I'm planning out where are we going to go to games when, you know, uh, there's, you know, these these neutral site games, planning those out with friends. Um, you know, is there an away game we could go to try making sure that I'm prepared for for, um, you know, tailgating? It's it's fantastic. It feels good. And I don't know. I'm not ready to say how good this team is, but. And and even hearing things like they sold 2,500 tickets from people who were previously, most of them, I think they said, were previous season ticket holders who had lapsed and are now back. They're making, they've already made like another, I think they said like another million and a half in revenue based on like renewed, se- like new season ticket holders. Um, I think it was 1.1 million actually. Right, yeah. 1.1 million. Like that's, you know, every little bit helps, you know, thank you. Yeah. Thank you to the University of Cincinnati for your, your service. Um where are you at with this with with the football team momentum? Obviously, there's only so much you can be excited about on January the 18th. But is it crazy to just like, I don't know, man, I'm not saying Louisville football is back or back to its glory, but it just does feel like there's a competent hand at the wheel for the first time. in a bit. it feels like to me more so than any other sport. This this is going to kind of sound dumb coming out of my mouth, but I'll explain it. It feels like out of any sports, fan momentum actually affects what happens on the field. You get some feel good around the program and it just feels like it kind of snowballs. Look at the New York Giants, your favorite football team. Everybody in the city of New York loves Debo. They love the guy, big, puffy, fat guy who is doing all these amazing things with the giants with players that aren't good at football. I mean, comparatively <laughs> speaking with the rest of the play, they are, they're doing amazing things. And like, you kind of feel that whatever happens with Louisville football this year, there's going to be good things that happen. Like yeah. there's just, nobody could ever sell you. Like if I, if I got on this podcast right now and said, man, I feel like Louisville's going to go five and seven next year. You would, 
like 80% of people would say I'm an idiot. And it's not because it, it's not because of it's not because of, you know, X and O's and all this. It's just because no one can ever conceive that happening because of all the feel good that is surrounding right now. And it's so funny that a year ago, if I said that, they'd be like, yeah, five and seven, probably seven, five, six, seven, and six, six and six, six and six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just funny how quickly that's flipped. You don't see that happen in a lot of places. I think you the other, only other place that's happened this year is Colorado, which is really funny because they have all this, all this good, good energy. Dion's here. We're getting all these recruits. And then you go look at their Vegas win total and set it at four and a half. Did you see the schedule? Did you see this? Oh, the, they put out the final schedule? If they win, if they win three games, it would be a good season. I, I do know like, like, their folks, so like when, the, when, the, when the win total came out, they were like, oh, yeah, under under that. Like it's the schedule is apparently going to be insane. At They're doing Utah, like as much as TCU. Like it's it's brutal. As much as we dunk on Mark Stoops for only wanting to play like North Charleston College for technical mm-hmm. students, um, they're doing like the exact opposite of that, which is very funny. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, like there's a level of wanting to play like, um, you know, Eastern Dakota A&T, you know, like it's- let me let me let me pull it up. Because it's I, just funny. I, I have it really like really close here. Hold on. And they, uh, I got it. If you're, I got it. If you're not ready, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, it's I also so have it now, so you're good. Okay, I have it now. At, if you do, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. At, at TCU, Nebraska and home, Colorado State, which I mean, Colorado Rivalry State's game. a decent, a decent football team. But yeah, Rivalry Rivalry game. Game. yeah, at Oregon, USC, at Arizona State, Stanford, off at UCLA. You just had a great season. Oregon State. Arizona at Washington state at Utah. I mean, there's, 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 you you probably get a win over Arizona. You probably get a win over Stanford Stanford, and maybe Oregon state. I say, yeah. I mean, I don't even say Oregon state. They had a great season this year. Maybe college. I see two wins for sure. And that's it. And it's just funny, man, because you look at that. How much opti- optimism is surrounding that program right now? All and of it. They're on <laughs> all of the optimism. All yeah. of the optimism. It, and you, I mean, it, it kind of feels the same way here. Back to my original point. I don't think that Louisville's going to have that type of season, but it just feels like there's no possible way that someone could say to you that this isn't going to work. Like ninety percent <laughs> of the fans feel th- they can't even look at that. No. When you hired Scott Satterfield, I think it was probably 60, 40, probably thought it was going to work. Maybe 65, 35 thought it was going to work. I'd say 65. Well, yeah. When you, when you hire Kenny Payne, maybe what is it? 70% thought it was going to work. Maybe 65. I don't know. But with Jeff Brom, what's it? 95%. Oh, it's, it's, it's 90 to 95% <laughs> approval rating. Not even a crazy man. Why? And, Why? And you're right. You're right. It's, we are definitely going to put to the test. Ken, I'm sorry, that's going to sound terrible. I apologize for just hitting my mic. Um, we are going to put to the test what it looks like for a a team to have the public behind them in such a strong way. Um, and they're killing it in transfers. I mean, they're doing everything they needed to do. It looks like and that's what I was saying. Why is that? Defense. It, is that because of, I mean, they need, yeah, they need a linebacker and they probably need another tight end, another offensive lineman, nothing too huge. But is that because 
that they've had so much success transfer. I mean, because they still lost Ruben Owens. They still lost DeAndre Moore. Like those, those things happen. I mean, it does but seem like Adidas money. It does seem like Adidas money is mattering. It does seem like the NIL is mattering in, in that in, in, in that form and fashion. So it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be really interesting to me what what you know how these things kind of put out. You know, I'll, I'll I will care about a, a a spring game. I'll convince myself a spring game matters yet again. Um, <laughs> why is why is the why is the optimism around Jeff Brom different than it was around Kenny Payne? Because in the preseason, oh, of Kenny proven, Payne, there there's were, proven success. There's proven is success. That, is it, that's it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If Kenny Payne is coming from what he was going to go to DePaul, let's say he may, you know he like wins. Let's a say North. Let's, let's say Northwestern, and they went to an NCAA tournament. They went to NCAA tournament. They lose the first game. It doesn't even matter. It's like he did something they couldn't do. It, I, I think. I think you know. No matter what you're saying, you know, there, there's a reason why Jeff Brom made the Big Ten championship game, and it's because a lot of weird things happened in that other side of the of the conference for him to get there. It wasn't. It wasn't really by Purdue's doing as it more was other teams <laughs> letting downs doing. To be a hundred percent frank with you, but that Matt, but like hearing that I can give you that in one sentence and it sounds I can give you he just made he just took Purdue to the Big Ten championship game and they put up a fight against Michigan they didn't completely roll over at first right Mm -hmm. that like that matters to people that's that's a two sentence this guy's got done it they've seen him beat Ohio State they've seen him beat big teams on TV and no they haven't seen him lose to Illinois or or anything like that right so Um, it's almost like it's almost like though going seven and five and beating Clemson has more weight than going eight and four and beating Wake Forest yes 100% not even a question I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I just, I just think it's helpful to say those things aloud, out loud yeah. because you'll hear, you'll hear some of the pessimists say, "Well, I hope they give him more time than Kenny Payne." And my answer is, if if Jeff Brom is two and ten his first season, I think you'll hear similar things say said about <laughs> Jeff Brom that you've heard about Kenny Payne this season. I, um, I, 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 I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think anyone who says that 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 might be the case is uh, has ulterior motives. Maybe a Kentucky fan, yeah. maybe. Um, any other of these questions before we just get to uh... there was one more in here hold on I have to pull it up I am someone just posted the look away meme at Rick Pitino um, <laughs> the Wolverine oh, have you, have, yeah. Yeah. have you seen this season a single time where we run into action it doesn't work and we reset this run something else or a player realizes it isn't working so he pulls it back out I swear I can't recall seeing it we always jack up a shot or just turn it off um, yes we, <laughs> go ahead no no but like you said we're not gonna like you don't want to go through X's and O's understandable but i do want to say on this i don't think i've seen that what in four years three years what was the, who was the last point guard that you like was it carly jones i guess yeah. that you're like that, david johnson from time to time like even like not consistently yeah you know definitely wasn't fresh kimball <laughs> fresh kimball was no fun. i mean and again it comes down to what we said I mean, after a, a few podcasts is where you you think that maybe you could lean on Danny Manning and say, let's run what you ran at Wake Forest and simplify the offense yeah. and yeah. kind of bank some wins to build some good goodwill. Um, and we haven't seen that. 
they're still trying to put two shooters in the corner. Um, That's a question out. I want to answer, ask Chris. No. Not, not, not to run, not to, not to jump on you. I, I, maybe someone's asked that. I haven't listened to every single press conference, but someone asked that specifically. Have you ever thought about implementing Danny Manning's system or implementing something completely different system-wise that you feel like is more attainable to get wins? Yeah, I mean, it's literally if someone's like, listening to this podcast. I doubt they it, are, but <laughs> it's, it's two shooters in the corner. It's a high ball screen for L Ellis. He comes off that high ball screen, looks either drives or shoots. That's what happens. And if that first look is gone, they pull the ball back out. And like he said, um, there's a panic shot. How many times have we seen it in six and seven seconds left on the shot clock? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I mean, that's, that's what you run the pros, but in the pros, people can actually get by their guy off of that screen. And that opens up a lot more for the offense to run. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what it is. Anything I just got sent a, t- sent a tweet. Please. <clears throat> Local media will ridicule, ridicule this program. when it comes down to asking their coach, tough questions, crickets. I, I see this a lot and you just said it like asking, asking, you know, about the offense. And I think that's different than what this person is saying. I don't know what these people want the media to say to Kenny Payne. Like you gave an answer. Great. That's a great question. But beyond that, what do you want? What do you want to ask? But like, even I asked that, I'm only saying that just because like, oh yeah, that's like a decent question that you can ask at this point, but it's mm. like the same sort of thing. Like what's, what's the outcome of you asking a question? I feel for the media guys. What's the outcome of you asking a great question? Who does it I mean, I, th- I feel what for, story does it tell? I feel for any type of columnist that's trying to generate stories up this team, because what do you say? I mean, it's the same story. It's the they same play the same over game over. over and over and over again. They, they almost every game. If you if you were to bet first team to score ten points and you bet Louisville, you're probably going to hit that bet. And then if you bet first team to score twenty points and you bet the opposite team, you're probably going to hit that bet because Louisville opens up a 10-6 lead. They go to the first media timeout. The team's like, "Holy shit, this is Louisville. They suck. Mm-hmm. Let's get it together." And then they score eight straight points, and then Louisville acts like they've never seen a basketball before. That's what happens every game. Yeah. And then suddenly through the second half, they're like, damn, we can make a run here. They go on a 6-2, 8-2 run, something like that. Cut it between single digits. It kind of stays there for a minute, five, ten minutes. And then the last six to seven minutes of the game, the other team pulls away. That's what happens every game. That's what happened tonight. That's what happened against North Carolina. It happened kind of differently against Syracuse, and everybody was really <laughs> excited about that. But in general, that's what happens. So, I'm like even looking at I'm, I'm I have the Courier pulled up CourierJournal.com and it says Louisville basketball drops eighth ACC game to Pitt. What more can they try? Also, like the writer asking, what more can I say? Like what, what else? Like this, there's there's nothing more I can say. Um, any other of these questions before I literally just ask you like four or five questions about Louisville slash Kentucky? And no, I think I think you just put a good like a bug in my ear. I'm going to look at some of the worst NBA teams of all time and look at the beat writers for those teams and look at what they were writing during those times. Especially some of the columnists. That might be, that might be a a good project. I love that. I'd enjoy that personally. That'd be a good tweet thread. Yeah. Run that, run that. Um, 
do you have anything, Chris, any, any stories where you kind of joke with me? Like I got something for you. Do you want to talk about the pickleball place? <laughs> I'm going to grab another beer and, and we can talk about the pickleball place. Is that all right? Yeah. We'll pause and you grab a beer. <laughs> all right. Gage's mad about pickleball. <laughs> about, the, I don't know what it's called. It has a pickleball logo. It, it doesn't really matter what it's called. <laughs> Something is coming to the waterfront where there's pickleball, there are bars, there is food, and there's something else I'm forgetting. It's an outdoor space in general, I guess. I mean, there's like games. Uh, there's like, there's like other, I mean, it's going to be cornhole. Look like there is the other types of games that are similar to cornhole. You you get, you catch the drift. It's not. So you wanted something else there. I, I don't want to misquote you. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would want there. Let me, let me, let me have it clear, but outside of a casino, God, a casino would be great. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, we, we did a, a, a mutual friend of ours jokes like, Oh man, I wanted to be a brewery. I would say, I don't necessarily, the Louisville doesn't need another brewery got a lot of breweries but a waterfront brewery would be cool i think would be worth mm-hmm. having would be an ideal situation a tap house on the waterfront i think that would be cool i would say that um this is like right just so people are like aware it's right next to that like marina um like apartment complex it looks like over like just east of like waterfront park down river road it's called good bounce uh good bounce pickle yard it is going to be opening in spring of 2023. Happy Belly Bistro, which I do enjoy, um, is going to be providing some culinary eats. Um, and yeah, it's going to be like six pickleball ports. And the reason why I have this issue, Chris, just because it's it's just because it's it's a fad. It's a fad. And is pickleball going to be anywhere near this popular in 36 months? I don't think so. I, 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 I think I we should. I think wrong. we should celebrate that Louisville is able to build something in a year. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. When I mean, you said spring of twenty twenty three, I'm like, hold up! It's an outdoor event space where people are playing sporting events, and and they're going to build it in a year. We're they're not going to build it in like a, four months, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. What's something that to the, your what's, point? No, go ahead. Go ahead. To your point, um, the fad, I, I think that's a legitimate thing. I, I do think that there, I don't know. I feel like it's going to last. I feel like it's going to work. I don't know why I feel that way, but I, I, I feel like it's going to last and it's going to be sustainable. It's going to be great. Do you remember axe okay. throwing? Yeah, I do remember axe throwing. How's that going? I don't know. Flying axes is still open, I think. Well, flying axes is, is, is and that should have been the first apocalypse sign of Lowell becoming Nashville. Yeah, because, we talked about that. I think we did on a podcast. I think we made. I don't know that. if we mentioned that 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 literally just looks like something that someone put in their Instagram, and the location is Nashville, Tennessee, not Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I think that that pickleball feels a little different. I don't have a strong Probably. argument. For that was it. that was I, me I, being I, a jerk. I, I I don't know why I feel that way, but. I think that I, I actually like in seriousness, I, I do feel strongly in saying that Louisville needs more things than the waterfront. The big Jerry Anderson project completion was, you know, waterfront part becoming something. I think for Greg Fisher, it was extending the bike path that went all the way to the West end. That still hasn't been completed nope. um, because I've actually, I've actually took my bike or, or took not my bike, but a bike on it 
and you get to about ninth or 10th street and then all of a sudden the path just completely disintegrates and you're like where do i go it's very very weird but the waterfront needs more of an investment and it's cool to see something going there i hope there is more intention to do that because it is something that i mean it should be invested in um yeah. so that's cool that's what yeah. makes me excited about it i think that's fair yeah this is like a football throwaway just heads up from like the rowing club uh endless summer paddle company never mm-hmm. heard that before um but yeah just to give people a little more a little more kind of feedback on what it is right next to that island towhead island in the louisville boat rental um the Paget house whatever we're they're, they're extending they are extending waterfront part out west which is going to be huge um i think is a really important kind of deal um you know, we had some friends who, you know, I, I kind of voiced my displeasure and were ribbing me. Um, some comparisons to some of my uh, my bourbon and beyond takes, which we don't need to revisit. But just just, you know, I, you know, I will say I, I said I, I said bourbon and beyond should figure out a way to be on the waterfront this year. If forecastle is not going to be on the waterfront this year. Why isn't Bourbon Beyond going to be there? That's an exceptional take by you. There's absolutely no reason. Why isn't Forecastle happening? I don't mean to put I don't you know on the spot. I, 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 don't I, don't know know, I don't know the answer either. I, I would love to know, but I don't know the answer. So I don't want to put you on the spot either. <laughs> I will say this. I, you know, I mean, folks probably, uh, you know, some folks listening probably do know if they've made it through this 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 fantastic episode of our podcast. Um, they, pro- they may know that... Um, jk mcknight like like is only associated with forecastle and like he's the founder only like i think he's like his level of involvement is now like very very close to zero like found like foundation i think Mm -hmm. he still runs but that's about it um he now runs another organization and they they've been doing some events and working on some festivals um you know i've heard some mixed results um which is kind of a bummer but you know they're figuring things out. I think it's, it, that's, that's a really difficult industry to be in and et cetera. So, um, I, my educated guess is that the company that owns forecastle doesn't know what they want to do with forecastle. And I think mm-hmm. people who have been attending forecastle have also been asking forecastle, what do you want to be? Um, they yeah. obviously went super young, super, they went more rap than they've ever been before, more EDM than they've ever been before. Some pop acts. It was not your 2012 to 2018 forecastle last year. It was not indie acts. It wasn't Avid Brothers back, you know, Black Keys, White Stripe, or, or Jack White, etc. It wasn't that like kind of vibe. It seems like it seems like it, it since, wasn't since they had a. They had Outcast and Beck. They've been kind of searching for their identity ever since that. That whole and uh, I mean that was the high water mark, no question for me oh, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, so I don't know what they want to do. You know, I I I was I went for for basically that entire span that I just mentioned, um, at, at, and then after that, probably at least one night. Um, I can't remember exactly, but. Um, it's tough because I was someone who like towards the end of that was like, man, there's like so many young people here that like, I don't know, like, are they trying to cater to those young people? They had the party code. They didn't have the party code. We've talked about this on the pod. They're just trying to figure out what they want to do. And I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't know if Louisville 
the the thing I did like always like about Forecastle is that it didn't feel like all the other music festivals in some way. Like it didn't feel like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just like Bonnaroo for people who don't want to go to Bonnaroo, or this isn't, you know, you know, kind of electric forest. Where people don't want to go to electric forest. Right. And it did right. kind of feel like that lineup last year was trying to be those things more than it's ever been before to me. Um, and they've lost some of that localness and that like interestingness, which is a bummer, but I get why they had to experiment that way. I don't know. I, someone much smarter than me in the music industry can probably tell you in a stronger way. I'm telling you absolutely nothing. Um, but it will be really interesting to see what they do in 2024. I, I, I'm sincerely fearful. And if someone knows, please tell me. Sincerely, like, I think the percentage chance that there's no more forecastle is higher than people want to admit. Yeah, I, I mean... It's kind of tough to come back after just disappearing for a year for any. It's just like a musical. It's just like it's it's you know when you don't when you don't have income for one year, it's tough to kind of just. But these companies like things, but. I think there's also like, like I'm saying, like there's like a level of if they're, if they're like marketing to this audience, that's probably Mm -hmm. going to be going to other music festivals. Why wouldn't they then go for like market to those people to go to those bigger music festivals? Right. It's like the company that was they're the same company that owns Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo is two hours away to, you know, two hours and 15 minutes away. Why wouldn't you just tell all those kids that are coming to Louisville? Hey, just come to Bonnaroo. You know, like that's probably a, a, a That's probably a better investment for them, which sucks. But it probably is for that company. Probably they probably see more money that way, unfortunately. So it, that's it, it goes back and it goes back into the. It goes back into the conversation about what does the city of Louisville want to be, which mm. we will we will probably spend. We will never know, this, Well, this summer we have to do. Um, we did it once, where it's like just an introspective conversation about the city of Louisville, and it's been probably two years since we've had one of those. So we'll have to dedicate a pod to that, especially we'll with like a new a, a new mayor coming in. Any new thought. takes on Craig? Any any new uh, takes on Craig Greenberg? I, there, I haven't there was seen a, anything other than him getting sworn in. There was a really good opinion piece that dropped that I highly recommend folks read from this morning by Ben Carter, who some people may be He's familiar. A great, with. I'm a big great, ben great Carter Twitter fan. personality, um, a local lawyer, and uh, it's the title is when Greenberg sits on thirty eight million dollars of renter assistance, renters sit in eviction court, and basically just explains that the that Louisville Metro has thirty eight million dollars in rent, rental assistance from Kentucky Housing Corporation. Um, there's almost 2,500 pending applications for rent assistance. Um, and like all of these people will go to eviction court in some way, shape or form in the near future. Um, you know, it was supposed to be sort of around Dr. Martin Luther King day, um, yesterday, very well written out, very well explained. I don't want to step on it at all. Highly recommend it. Um, Ben Carter, who works the senior counsel at the Kentucky equal justice center. Yeah. Who's a really cool. good dude. I highly recommend Definitely, that. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think that's obviously one of the things Greenberg, he's been so focused, I think on public safety to start. Um, yeah, this is a part of that in a lot of ways. So, uh, and, and I think that kind of fits in well, you know, we're kind of in this, you know, now that basketball season is not kind of, I don't think Louisville is hosting any, any, 
any basketball games from March Madness that you know off the top of your head? Oh no, they have a they, they, no, they do. They have a the the first two rounds here again. I don't know if it's a regional or not, but I know they have NCAA tournament games. I can't remember if it's the first two rounds or if it's a regional, but I'm pretty sure it's the first two rounds because I know at the beginning of the season there was a big obviously push for Kentucky to have those spots and they're not going to have them now given their season, but no, they have the at the beginning of the season. They have the actual regional. Oh, yeah. So there will be several tournament games here, um, which oh, I didn't know that. No, I kind of want to play them. I kind of, yeah, that'd be cool for a lot of people. Um, I really enjoyed that. I think it was, I think it was Kansas and, and Villanova in the, in the regional final last time it happened. I was, and that I was, was a really fun weekend. <laughs> honestly, like if anyone's listening to this podcast and they want to make some extra bucks, you should reach out to the Associated Press and be a poll reporter for those NCAA tournament games. Cause it's great. They literally just give you two questions and you ask every coach that question. And then you type <laughs> it up and you get media passes to go. I did that. Um, and you just get these like very coachy answers. It's like, it's a very specific question and you just send these quotes and the AP has them. And that's what you do. Um, I did that the year that Kentucky played Western Kentucky with Anthony Davis. And I just wanted to interview Anthony Davis and said, I did. And I got to do that. So it's great. That's an incredible um, story. Yeah, so <laughs> it, 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 it's it, it's great for anybody that wants to make some extra bucks. I would encourage someone to to seek out those opportunities because pretty much anyone um, that can type is is qualified for the job. Yeah. So I would encourage anyone to do it. What else do you do? You have anything else well, for me? Well, I just I just did want to say that because I think people you know connected to that article that I mentioned. You know, some people were talking about the fact that we it will just be around the corner that the city is trying to clean up quote unquote clean up downtown yeah um in preparation for people coming in town for derby, derby, derby. for some of this um you know so i think people are like that's you know having eviction people getting getting people out of eviction court is ideal um because we know the city doesn't treat them well before before uh derby i think there's going to be a big derby this year locally Mm-hmm. because next year's 150 which i keep telling myself and tara and i keep saying oh yeah we're gonna be at 150 but that's gonna like put a bullet in my pocket um, <laughs> um so uh i definitely want to go like more than anything um just to say i was at 150 and i think a lot of people locally are like oh i'm not gonna get to go to 150 so i'm gonna go to 149 so this is a little theory i have um anything i have for you um, what was it like watching Gabe Wisnitzer go to work? Um, the other night, as you got to see, you you, you were up close and personal for the the Ohio Bobcats. Um, how was that? I'm not I'm not sure anything has ever made me question Chris Mack's recruiting acumen other than seeing Gabe Wisnitzer that close in person. Um, it's pretty bad at basketball. To be How many people told us he was good, Chris? How many people? There were a lot what of people that actually said, and what look, he, he he played at Oak Hill, which is hard to believe. Like he played at Oak, Oak Hill. Hill. That dude. Oak Hill's got to up. Listen, you know, they, there's probably some kind of GPA requirements that they got to be meeting. Some kind of. Standard. I mean, that's 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 the home <laughs> of Carmelo Anthony, man. Like it was hard to hard to see, but you know, um, my guy's playing, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. Happy I do enjoy him. I do enjoy going to Ohio basketball games because it makes me feel like Freedom Hall again, like the combo and like the environment. It feels a lot like 
like like freedom hall it's great we, we talk about the yum center i think once every three episodes yeah i watched, I watched the octagon of doom and just, last night it's just like my god just like how much better of a fucking experience is that like just like no second no second level just like an absolute fortress um just uh just just a bummer man just just it bumps the the the, 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 the kenny really cool quote the kenny kenny playing quote about the 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 pit player is what almost semi-viral at this point so just uh just something to note anything, i think more anything, people probably had opinion on that tweet than they were actually watching the game so i won't waste i won't waste more of your time or anyone else's time but you've seen it, any anything you've seen lately movies shows anything anything you've seen that you that you really enjoy to want to encourage people on i've been watching a lot of movies lately the menu was spectacular I didn't, it was I very didn't smart that. it's not the Have greatest you, movie i've ever seen but it was it was very smart the con the, the concept for it was great i've heard good things i need to i need to get on that have you seen the banshees of inishirin i did see it also a great smart movie that and you don't really watch movies very often that don't seem to have a plot. And it didn't seem like it had a plot. It felt very marriage story to me. This is, oh yeah. No, this, this is my coming out. <laughs> this is my coming out. The first time I'm telling someone whose opinion, I mean, I respect other people's. Here's my first public stating. I couldn't even put it on my letterbox. I really struggled with that movie. Yeah. I wanted to like it. I laughed several times. It was, it's a funny movie. Banshees of Inisherin. It's on HBO Max. Colin Farrell, Donald Gleason, great cast. Um, I've struggled with Martin McDonough movies before. I like In Bruges. I didn't like Three Billboards, um, but I struggled. It's just like it not having a plot. Is that like, why? It, not, it, it just it was slow to me. It just was slow. It, and like, and it's such a simply written movie. Like in terms of like they have accents like Irish accents that are very harsh, but like the actual language is very simple. Um, mm-hmm. So like that almost like made it ho- harder for me. It's like, wait, where's like the complexity of what's happening here when it's just really just about two dudes who just get mad at each other. <laughs> like it's just my, two my wife, my wife, my <laughs> wife also also made some comments on the accents that I, I didn't have an opinion on them at all, but I thought I it was we, fun. I love a good Irish accent. That didn't bother I think, me. <laughs> I think we were 10 minutes in the movie and she had like, she didn't, she thought the accents were bad. Like fake put, bad. Oh, really? I think Farrell, yeah. I think Farrell's, I think Farrell's Scottish. I know Gleason is, is Irish. So, yeah. I mean, it was like, but it was like, oh, I mean, it was like 19, I think it's like set in the 1920s, legit ass Irish accents, like, mm-hmm. like hard ass Irish accents. I definitely put the, uh, the subtitles on just because like I'm gonna miss something. Like I was getting yeah. 90% of it, it was like I'm gonna miss something. Um so that's my coming out and someone's gonna be like man you love that movie and I I understand why people loved it. It just wasn't for me. Just wasn't for me. <laughs> um respect to everyone who was uh any um I think that's it Chris I think that's all we're gonna have on this. I'm glad we talked about that. I think uh yeah that's important important again and i, th- I think with that we probably can close this out unless there's anything let's do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of what high school did you go to? Um, shout out to everyone who didn't think we'd get this out before spring breaks. <laughs> someone told us shout out to you. Um, it won't be that long before the next one. Um, hopefully we have somewhat better news, um, between now and then we'll definitely do something at the very worst. We'll do something, um, around that Clemson game that, um, you know, having that experience, maybe we'll, you know, you'll be in town. Maybe we should do something, but all right. Maybe we'll do a live, live podcast for the Clemson game. That'd be amazing. That would be cool. Oh, it would be cool. Definitely the summer. Definitely. this. We're, we're doing that this summer. That's going to happen. If you own a bar or restaurant and would be willing to host a live, what high school did you go to event? Please DM me on Twitter. Reach yeah. out to me. Why not? All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. And we will talk to you next time. Go Cards. Mm-hmm.